Welcome to Faith and Science. I'm Dr. John Ashton. We observe in Western countries fewer and fewer people uh, attending church, and there seems to be a, a growing um, view that uh, maybe God doesn't exist, or at least the, the God of the Bible. And people are discounting, uh, in many ways, the the, the Bible, the, particularly the biblical account of uh, creation because of the problems with uh, radiometric dating, putting you know long ages on the earth and so forth. But there is growing evidence that supports not only the historical accuracy of the Bible, but the scientific relevance of things in the Bible. And it's very unfortunate that, in my view, that these aspects of the Bible aren't being taught in our education system and our government, again, is increasingly, or Western governments, it seems, are increasingly rejecting uh, the values, uh, the Christian values um, that are contained in the Bible. And one of the interesting aspects of that that I've been uh, thinking about and reading recently is the origin of the seventh-day week. Recently, I was uh, challenged to find, you know, what scientific evidence was there for the seven-day week, and I found a very interesting uh, paper titled Seven-Day Human Biological Rhythms, An Expedition in Search of Their Origin, that was published in uh, Chronobiology International um, in 2016. Now, the paper was uh, by an international group of uh, researchers. Um, one of the researchers um, was from a, uh, a, a, a hospital in uh, Israel. Um, another uh, two researchers were from, uh, well, uh, chronobiology uh, biology, uh, research uh, units in France. And another one, uh, the senior author, uh, Michael Smolineski uh, was from the um, uh, Department of Biomedical Engineering in the Cockrell School of Engineering at the University of Texas in Austin, uh, Texas. And it's, it's uh, fascinating in that what they looked at was they reviewed the accumulating evidence that there is a a natural seven-day cycle in nature. Now, of course, the Bible account um, uh, in Genesis records how God created the earth in in six days, uh, the heavens and the earth, stars and everything in in six days, and rested on the seventh day. And the of course, then we have the Ten Commandments that um, Moses was given by God when the uh, Israelites had left Egypt. They'd been in a pagan uh, society, a, a society that didn't recognise um, the uh, the Creator God, and they um, God had to sort of re-educate them again. Um, gave them the the Ten Commandments. And, of course, the Fourth Commandment was to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Um, They were to work six days 
and rests on the seventh day. And it was interesting when God was providing food for them, which they had to gather and collect, the manna that fell from heaven. It fell on the six days and on the Friday there was a, an extra helping fell uh, to, and it, it didn't go off, it kept for over the Sabbath. So there were quite uh, miraculous events that are recorded there that were witnessed you know, by you know, tens of thousands of people and, and recorded um, in the Bible um, that um, these miracles occurred and that's how the people lived during uh, the time that they spent um, uh, in the uh, desert while they were on their way to uh, where God uh, wanted them to, to settle, bringing them out of Egypt to a the um, to the land which uh, became Israel, the land of Israel. So it's interesting these researchers actually looked at you know what was the evolutionary evidence um, for the seven day cycle, and it's fascinating in that they couldn't find any. But and they it's a it's a fascinating paper. Um, and again, you can look it up, uh, just Google seven-day human biological rhythms and expedition in search of their origin. Uh, it'll come up. Um, you can download the full paper. A lot of references. It's a, it's a, the paper is about 30 pa- pages long. But it's interesting in the abstract. They say this fact-finding expedition explores the perspectives and knowledge of the origin and functional relevance of the seven-day cycle in the biological time structure with special reference to human beings. And they also uh, point out that these biological rhythms are displayed in various levels of organisation in diverse species, from unicellular sea algae to plants, insects, fish, birds, and mammals, including man, and that these cycles persist under natural as well as artificial, um, uh, these constant environmental conditions. They also say, nonetheless, very little is known about their derivation. In other words, how did they come to be? And so that's what they were researching. And after looking at the research, they summarise by saying no advantages are apparent for the endogenous, that is internally generated, seven-day rhythms, and that these raise several questions. What is the significance of the seven-day activity rest cycle? In other words, having activity for six days and resting on the seventh day uh, and for these endogenous uh, rhythms. And the only origin that they can find of this social origin was in actual fact the biblical mandate that was given to the Hebrews. So it's the only mandate that was given to humans and yet it's been adopted worldwide. And so one of the things that they research, why do humans require one day off um, every seven days? And why do seven-day rhythms bestow functional advantage to organisms? And so it was a really fascinating uh, paper. And they go through, for example, and they they list the uh, seven-day cycles. And a lot of study has been done. Um, you know, this isn't this research isn't based on you know just a few research papers. 
there are so they they list so many studies. For example, you know they talk about um, and they cite um, uh, a number of uh, researchers who have uh, studied unicellular organisms. And uh, these organisms, uh, again, they can observe the cycles in, um, it, it appears in, you know, in uh, fossils and, and so forth as well. And uh, they point out that, you know, these um, algae and so forth in terms of the evolutionary model are right at the, the bottom. And then they uh, again go on to plants, insects, fish, birds and mammals, as I said. Uh, laboratory, a lot of work done on laboratory rodents, you know, your rats and so forth, um, and even horses and, of course, um, humans. And they, they list sort of examples. For example, um, the uptake, water uptake in pole bean seeds display a seven-day uh, bioperiodicity. And then uh, all in insects studied under constant darkness Oviposition, intermalt intervals, and growth, for example, in the in the springtail, and activity level in the beach beetle, and all display these seven day cycles. Um, even in honeybees, certain functions of the honeybee or um, or its parts of their biochemistry uh, exhibit also seven day cycles. And for for these, there's numerous papers. So it's not just based on a single researcher in this area. A number of researchers have researched these particular seven day cycles. Other ones they go on to, for is, um, for example, the production of um, certain compounds from the pineal glands in pikefish. And then there's quite a lot of uh, work done on seventh day, seven day rhythms uh, in laboratory um, animals housed in research environments. And what they say is these animals, they have a 24 hour cycle, like the standard circadian rhythm, and that has been well established. And we're, most of us have heard of these you know, circadian rhythms, our sleep wake cycles, and this sort of thing, which is essentially around. Uh, you know, 24 hours. Matter of fact, they've done studies where they've isolated people in caves for long periods of time, so they've totally lost track of time. And their natural cycles as a group will uh, initially, some will have shorter cycles, some will have longer cycles, but they will eventually all end up at around a a 24-hour cycle. Um, In one study I read, yeah, they all synchronised 24.8-hour cycle. So this is your standard circadian rhythm, and what they're saying is that these same rhythms, although they're they're less perceived, but there are these biochemical rhythms that have these seven-day cycle. And they go on to to list quite a few other things, um, the studies in rats, cardiac uh, creatine, phosphokinase, enzyme activity, urinary sodium extrusion, immune system um, functions, um, time course of antibody response to vaccines, and all these sort of things follow this seven-day cycle. Uh, there were stu- studies done on uh, semen volume in, um, in horses, 
in uh, human beings, a huge list of seven-day cycle studies on human beings. Um, And uh, they point out there's been a wide variety of studies, um, although often they haven't involved, you know, huge numbers, thousands of people in a particular study. Uh, But nonetheless, there have been a large number of studies of, you know, smaller groups of, of, uh, of people. Uh, maybe you know forty these sort of numbers, um, and um, so for example, uh, they've observed biological oscillations of your um, six-day and um, uh, one-day cycles, a total seven-day cycle in systolic blood pressure, diastolic blood pressure, um, cortisolide binding activity of human breast milk of lactating mothers. Uh, heart rate and body weight gain of neonates, of um, including twins, just after birth. Um, nutrient and calorie consumption of four-year-old infants. Uh, detention and enamel um, deposition of children. Um, so seven-day cycle there, um, and very importantly, seven-day rhythms of cognitive function reported in school-aged children and adolescents of both genders and also adult men and women. Quite a lot of studies, at least a whole lot of researchers in that from uh, 1988. Well, the earliest uh, ones, just looking down the list now, from 1967, there seems to be the earliest one, right through to uh, 1998. Um, in adults only, um, looking at physical activity level, number of researchers there, uh, right up to 2016, looking at all time, um, nighttime sleep duration, follows the same uh, seven day cycle, um, core body temperature, seven day cycle, cell mitosis, um, positive and negative moods. Uh, functional attributes of the immune and hemostatic system, at least a whole lot there. Um, researchers um, going back from the early 80s through to 2007. Um, total calories and dietary constituent consumption, uh, 2016 research. Um, stress-associated nighttime eating behaviour, again, seven-day cycle. Um, to, and that was 215 research. Um, urinary sodium uh, excretion, seven day cycle in plasma, aldosterone, uh, and um, cortisol concentrations of men uh, being studied under long term spaceflight stimulation. So uh, lots of, of studies have been reported, and these are indigenous things. In other words, our biochemistry is programmed with this seven-day cycle. And this is quite fascinating. This is really powerful evidence for creation. And one of the reasons why it is powerful evidence for creation, as these authors note, is that there have been a lot of studies done to, you know, try and find some sort of cosmic or, you know, sort of electromagnetic field variation or uh, some sort of, um, you know, clear origin of this. And it's interesting, they say, there no clear evidence indicates that the concept of the weak 
seven-day week, as now defined, existed in the Near Eastern and Middle Eastern non-Hebraic populations of the Mediterranean Sea region. In other words, Babylon, Egypt or elsewhere. Um, uh, you know, and, they, and they've done quite a bit of historical research on this. It's quite interesting. They talk about the people of Mari residing along the Euphrates River work non-stop day after day, while some Babylonians observed a five-day week. And they point out that although the Hebrews used a lunar calendar with 12 months uh, that was recognised a name, they and they had all sorts of other groupings, but they still had the seventh-day week. The seventh-day week included the rest day of the Sabbath was a commandment of God to the Hebrews. And also they point out that it doesn't seem to have been, even though it was given by God, they actually didn't respect it that much until their 70 years of captivity. Uh, and so uh, the Babylonian captivity, uh, you know, 586 uh, to 516 BC or thereabouts, 70 years of captivity. I thought it was a little bit uh, before that because I thought Babylon fell 539 BC. But anyway, this is the date in their paper. And they interpreted that of uh, God's uh, punishment, of course, and they went back to keeping the sixth day uh, uh, of work and the seventh day of rest. So there was a lot of um, emphasis um, by the Jews then to keep the the seven-day week themselves. But it's very interesting that the other cultures weren't keeping it at that time. And so this is one of the evidences that the origin of the seven-day cycle came from the Bible. Uh, because, again, in those areas, uh, the, the people weren't... The other cultures and civilizations around the Jews weren't keeping the seven-day cycles, and the Jews actually became influenced that way, except for those who were religious and honoured um, serving God and continued to keep the, the Sabbath. Of course, the Babylonian Empire uh, fell to the uh, Persians, about 539, and then the Persian Empire fell to the Greeks, with Alexander the Great, about 331 BC, and then the Greek Empire was gradually taken over by the Roman Empire. But of course, um, in the early 300s AD, when uh, Constantine had become emperor, he was converted to Christianity, and um, he um, promoted the unrestricted practice of Christianity in the Edict of Milan in 313 AD and uh, promoted then uh, Christian worship. But it's interesting that Constantine in 321 mandated that Sunday must be observed as the weekly day of rest. Um, except for agricultural field workers when seasonally dictated. (laughs) But actually, uh, Sunday was already the weekly pagan day devoted to the sun deity that had been adopted by the Roman Empire as a substitute for the Hebrews' uh, Saturday Sabbath. And it was interesting that the authors of this uh, scientific paper that was published in Chronobiology actually talk all about this in their in their paper there. So the the Sabbath, uh, they point out, is a holy day associated with holiday, meaning of the latter being vacation or vacant with reference to the Latin root vacuum, meaning empty, no work. Um, 
So that was in keeping with the, uh, the Hebrew tradition way of thinking. Uh, but, of course, they then go on. It's quite fascinating. So this is in this scientific research paper. They point out that the Sabbath is far more than a day of rest since it also includes, when looking uh, backwards, appreciation and satisfaction of one's accomplishments and achievements during the preceding six days of work. Thus, the Sabbath is a kind of day of thanksgiving for work that was allowed to accomplish on the other non-holy days of the week. And consistent with God's model of the seven-day week, as relayed in the book of Genesis during the 24-hour rest of the Sabbath, man should devote no time to being creative, which perhaps explains the forward-in-time motivation for creativity activity during the ensuing weekday. So this is actually, as I'm reading directly from the paper, And so uh, they then go on to comment, however, which I think is quite relevant to today, and quoting from the paper, however, as subsequently discussed, the feelings of accomplishment linked in the past to adherence of the week's holy day are in the growing secular society of today increasingly being transformed and monetised. Indeed, for the sceptical and non-believers, both the 24-hour day of rest and the nighttime sleep span have negative connotations of squandering time. From a chronobiological point of view, it's impossible to eliminate the seven-day component from the inherent organisation of processes and functions in of the biological time structure. And so what they're essentially saying is that this is part of our... Um, intrinsic biochemistry of these seven-day cycles. And they also uh, summarise and point out that it is of significant relevance, uh, and again, quoting from their paper to this discussion, is the failure of past attempts to redefine the traditional seven-day week. The leaders of the French Revolution in 1789 rejected the seven-day week founded on religious doctrine, promoting instead the decimalisation of time, initially in the form of a 10-day week termed a decadi. Even highly fit individuals were unable to tolerate the tough, mainly physical, continuous nine-day work span with no interspace day off. Thereafter, the five-day week termed the quintidi was promoted, but this too was a disaster and rejected in favour of the traditional seven-day week. So that's a, a very interesting historical fact. Also, they point out, the redefinition of the seven-day week was attempted also by the leaders of the Bolshevik Revolution, who insisted a five-day week of one day, of which was for us to achieve a goal of 20% of the workforce having one day off per five-day period, after an 11-year span from 1929 to 1940 of the dramatically compromised industrial production, Stalin abandoned the five-day week in favour of the traditional seven-day one. Isn't that fascinating? And it's interesting that what they point out is that scientifically the origin of the seven-day bioperiodic phenomena is unknown. 
In fact, and they go on to say, in fact, results of studies involving complex organisms, insects and human beings, conducted under constant conditions, devoid of usual 24-hour lunar and annual ambient and social clues, but not necessarily ones of cosmic origin, are not consistent with the contention that these rhythms are generated and maintained or synchronised by cyclic external cosmic electromagnetic or other phenomena. In other words, they're programmed into us. And one of the other fascinating things that they uh, point out in the paper is that the rotation of the Earth uh, around its axis was probably slower in geological times. That would be pre-flood time. And the evidence comes that that the uh, year was about 400 days. And that, that fits because in the Bible, four is the number for time, ten is the number for law and order. Um, and so I did some looking up about that actually and there is uh, evidence from corals and so forth that the day was slightly shorter then, about 22 hours and that the year was 400 days so same total time duration around the earth and so um, it's very important that we can see that um, uh, the origin of um, the seven-day cycle is purely from the Bible, but yet it's intrinsically programmed into our biochemistry, the biochemistry of insects, algae, mammals, all the and plants. It's it's programmed there, and it really goes back to God saying, "Created for six days, and then rested on the on the seventh day." There's no other explanation for this, and yet all the attempts for secular, you know, non-religious um, governments to change this have sort of failed and not be, um, um, you know, successful. I find this very, very fascinating. And um, they, they summarise by saying, from our point of view, the failed experimental attempts by the leaders of the French Revolution to redefine the week as 10 days and then five days, as well as leaders of the Russian Revolution to define um, the redefine the five days constitute population-based evidence that backs our proposed hypothesis of the biological basis for the seven-day time structure. And they cite a modern example, actually. In 2007, the French Minister for Education, who they describe as a naive political appointee, mandated further reduction in the school week to four-day, Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, Friday. And they say this misguided mandate, which disregarded the chronobiological and other determinants of the stamina and capability for sustained children of, ten- of children, um, resulted in a consequence that 50% of French school children developed symptoms of intolerance like burnout symptoms, abnormal fatigue, poor attention and sleep disturbances and additional test scores such as measured of learning dramatically increased. So, you know, even in modern times, people have tried to change. Again, they say we propose the biological requirements for one day of rest per six day of work derives from one or more chemical substances that progressively accumulate in association with the six day work active span as an internal signal perceived by the brain. And, um, and this is an endogenous seven day time structure. 
So we have this powerful evidence for creation there. Uh, and while the seven-day self-sustained oscillator system does not appear to be as strong in terms of amplitude as most circadian and other uh, cyanual rhythms, its biological and clinical significance cannot be dismissed. So it's fascinating evidence for the Bible, for the literal six-day creation account of us. You've been listening to Faith and Science, and if you want to re-listen to these programs, just uh, Google uh, 3abnaustralia.org.au, click on the radio button and uh, on the listen and the Faith and Science button. And remember to tell other people uh, about these programs that provide the evidence that we have an amazing Creator God. I'm Dr. John Ashton. Have a great day. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. 